Hi, I'm Greg Euland with Reynolds & Reynolds, and this is Connected. Today, I'm excited. I get to sit down with somebody that uh, I've never met before, so this is the first time that we're actually getting to talk. I get to chat with Curtis Lucy. Uh, Curtis is the founder of Dealer Cards and actually a best-selling author. His book is called Appreciation Marketing. Uh, he's also uh, a popular speaker and, and trainer as well in the automotive space. So, Curtis, thanks so much for, uh, for joining today. That's an honor. Thank you so much, Greg. I appreciate it. Of course. Um, so, Curtis, I want to get into um, uh, customer retention and referrals. That's a, a core uh, piece of your message, I think. But before we get there, um, I was doing a little research before we um, before we got on the call and talking here. But um, I noticed that uh, you were actually a college baseball player. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and yep. if, I, if I if I dug deep enough and found the right facts, it looks like you actually hold a couple of records at uh, at Sacred Heart, um, both for hit by pitch. Right. So in, <laughs> in a season and in a career, you've been hit by more pitches than anyone else who played baseball at Sacred Heart University. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. You dug that up. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. Um I just wouldn't get out of the way. I'll do whatever it takes to get on base. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I was, you know, I was curious, um, you know, did you end up writing thank you cards to those pitchers after they hit you? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did not do that. And I got I got hit in some spots that hurt for weeks at some points. But it was I remember she said so I graduated in 2005 and I remember that spring at one point, I think I was leading the nation and hit by pitches. And then there was a, some, there was somebody from LSU that I remember surpassed me, but they made it to the playoffs and they got, went deeper into the playoffs and than we did. But uh, yeah, it was 20 something hit by pitches that year. That's crazy. Well, I'll tell you, those balls hurt a little bit worse when you're playing ball in Connecticut than they do when you're playing ball in Louisiana, right? Like when you take one in the shoulder in Connecticut in April, it's a little tough. Oh, you're not kidding. <laughs> you're not kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's that's fun though. And uh yeah, I mean, if I if I read right too, you won at least one state championship in high school, right? We did in nineteen ninety nine. Yep. We won a state championship for uh the state of New York. Very cool. Very cool. Um well, Curtis, congrats on, on your records. Hopefully they stand up for a long time. Uh, <laughs> but I did want to get into, uh, you know, more about what you do professionally today as well. Um, so as the uh, as the founder of Dealer Cards, uh, you've been doing this. We were chatting a little bit before recording. You've been doing this um, in some way since 2007. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I've been in this industry. Yep. Okay. So so I guess give the give the background on that. Tell the story. You know, everybody's got a story, how, how you got in and what you're trying to do. Um, always interested in that, that origin story, uh, especially for somebody who's a founder, who's kind of went through different iterations and, and is, is certainly hitting your stride and seeing some success. Absolutely. So my first job right out of college, after I graduated from Sacred Heart University, I worked for Centos Corporation, the uniform people. And I sold really sexy products like toilet paper and air fresheners <laughs> and soaps door to door, knocking at every door, every store and every floor. And you know, I went to work there because Robert Kiyosaki in his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, said that um, his rich dad said, when you get out of the military, work for Xerox, not for the money, for the training. And so when I read that book, I was like, oh, when I get out of um, school, I'm going to go to work for and the CentOS ended up being it. it was multi-billion dollar nationwide company that had a great playbook. And so I went to work there and just followed the blueprint, said this, if you do this, this and this, you can expect to get this. And so financially, I was I put all I put everything that in college, I was an RA on campus. I would play 
obviously division one baseball. I was a full-time student. And then when I graduated, I put all my emphasis into just being the best I could be at CentOS. And in um, my third month, I was number one salesman in the entire country out of 1,250 reps. However, leading up to that, um, I was about ready to quit though, <laughs> because, you know, I just, it just was getting burnt out from cold calling. And then that's when I talked to the number one sales guy and he was working half the amount of hours we were and he was making twice as much money. And I just thought, you know, I was like thinking, thinking that the company just um, was just giving him leads. You know, I was like, he was there longer. Right. So therefore they're just feeding him leads. And it wasn't the case at all. Um, he was building and create incredible relationships around him. And he taught me something. He's like, you know, Curtis, you get a lead by what you do. You earn repeat and referral business by who you are and how you show up in people's lives. And so when he said that, it really kind of opened up my eyes. I was like, well, we're tied to Wall Street, only as good as my last sale. So what are you talking about? Like, as far as repeat and referral business, he goes, no, the guy that's driving the truck around your territory, you know, those guys that are servicing the accounts that you sell, he goes, when they see a sign that says under new management or coming soon, that's a great lead for you. You want to be the first one that's in that door. You probably get that business. And so what I found out that when I started taking the things that he did in his territory and then put it in my territory, I started getting, a, I started earning a lot more business because I realized one of the biggest competitive advantages in business saying thank you, being appreciative, going that extra, extra mile and letting people know that you are grateful for them and, and, for the business that they're sending you. So I started doing that. And that's a combination of working hard and working smart is what landed me the number one sales. It was called the bullseye award in September, 2005. I was very, very proud of that. And so that was kind of the foundation and writing cards and taking, I was taking pictures of like the businesses. And then I would say, appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. And that picture would be slapped on the front of the card. And there's certain things that you could do with the systems that you couldn't do with just a handwritten card. And it separated me from other people. So by doing that, I then left after a couple of years of CentOS and I started my own marketing agency. Very fun. Very fun. No, that's, yeah. that's great. Um, so one thing that you mentioned that stood out was repeat and referral business. And, and I think in the auto retail industry, um, you almost need to separate those two things out, right? When you're selling a car, um, at the end of the day, as, as a salesperson, right, it is about making that customer feel like they have a relationship with you. But at the end of the day, it's a transaction. Right. It really mm -hmm. is. And that person's going to make one of one transaction that, that may or may not include you every three to seven years. Right. Depending on the individual. Um, that's a long time in between transactions. Right. So when you think about repeat business, there's so many factors that go into that, including just brand retention. Right. And how that changes over time. I mean, you know, people driving, um, you know, one brand today. Um, in most cases, it's more probable they won't drive that brand when they trade that car in, right? So as a salesperson, the, the deck's kind of stacked against you. Um, so I think of, and I'm curious for your perspective on this, because I, th I think of repeat business as a different animal than referral business, right? Because mm -hmm. referral business, you're talking about creating a network, right? Creating a network of people because that one person is only going to come back at best three years later, right? 36 months from now. Um, but they have friends and they have family and they have, you know, maybe they have kids, maybe their, their spouse is in need for a car. Um, so leveraging their network to, to get a referral, I think is much different than uh, getting them to come back to you. Um, I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on that and your perspective on that? Well, you know, coming from 
the space in previously, I was working with a lot of real estate agents. We have probably 25, 30,000 real estate agents on board. And it's almost similar, similar nature is that somebody buys a home, they're not going to purchase another home right away. Um, typically longer than they keep a house longer than they would keep a car. And so that staying in touch and following up and staying top of mind is very, very important. And obviously a financial advisor or an insurance agent may be a little different because you kind of have your funds that is with them and there's more communication and stuff. You know, in the automotive space, my business partner, he is what made us jump into this space and make sure that we design this this hands-free solution is because he's owned many franchise stores. He sold some um, back years ago and he has a couple independent stores now. And he's like, you know, Curtis, the NADA stats, it shows that 86% of customers will buy their next vehicle from a competitor. They'll go someplace else. And so he goes, however, if we can at least stay in front of them, give it a shot, you know, get, get an opportunity to be able to have a conversation because just because they sell Fords, new Fords, doesn't mean that they don't have something else on the lot and give them an opportunity to at least have that conversation, may or may not purchase there. But if they had a good experience, you want to make sure that they're absolutely that you're appreciating them. See, there's two main reasons why somebody's not going to come back to do business with you again or refer you business. Number one is they might not just remember you. Obviously, a salesperson, there's a lot of turnover. So that's one of the main reasons why we actually work a lot with own, mostly owner principals and GMs and GMs that also might have an ownership stake because they're investing in the future of their business. Because this is not something that's like, hey, if I do this, this, and this, what do I see instantly? You know, the instant part of it might be CSI because if we get those cards out the next business day, the gourmet fudge brownies go out the next business day, those types of things is important to get in front of the survey. So that is important. We do have built-in opportunities like referral cards and service retention and those types of things as well. But that repeat and that referral business obviously is huge. And having that opportunity, just um, be in front of them. Happy birthday. We appreciate you. You know, come on in for a free car wash on us or happy car anniversary. They might not even remember that they bought the car a year or two or three years ago on that date. But by just simply putting those cards in the mail or having to be different because most everything is all digital. We have some of the big, the largest dealer groups in the country right now that are reaching out to us. And we're striking deals with many of um, many different rooftops. And what they're saying is they don't want the customer journey to end when that car hits the curb. When they drive off, most if best is just emails and possible text messages. So one of the things that we like to say is be remembered, not deleted. You know, text messages get deleted, emails get deleted. And this is just something that separates you from the competition and goes above and beyond. It's like investing in blue sky as well, investing in your reputation, investing in that goodwill uh, by putting this out there. Now, I will share this with you is my what kind of helped make this happen was my wife. We bought seven cars from my business partner. And during COVID in middle of 2020, my my wife happens to want to get a third row vehicle and she's looking at this Toyota Highlander. And she's like, I just want to go take a look. And I had this like this pit in my stomach. I was like, buy all of our cars from Aladdin and his brothers. Like, why would we go to this? Like, feel like I'm cheating. I'm going to another dealership. And so anyway, I just want to look. I want to take it. So she goes and takes a look. I'm walking around my three year old son out in the parking lot. 
she comes out, takes off her mask, smiles. And I bought it. <laughs> I was like, you know, and then but to her, it was different. She was like, I was like, well, after I started like unwinding this a little bit and talking to Aladdin, and Aladdin's like, well, let's get to the bottom of this. He's like, let me ask a question. Like if Alicia had maybe birthday cards or car anniversary cards or had some of those types of things that were sent by me and my brothers, do you think that she might have given us an opportunity to find that car or maybe even like find it at the auction like we've done for other cars that you wanted sure. to purchase? And she said, absolutely. And so and when I talked to her about it, like she's a very loyal person, but she didn't feel the connection. So I thought that was, you know, really interesting. So that's a little backstory of kind of like how we're where we're at right now, where we're at. And I think that especially the last few years, you know, it's yeah, you can buy any car that you want as long as it's that yellow, you know, Ford Mustang, whatever. It's like whatever's right. on the lot is they have to sell because they didn't have a lot of inventory. Things are changing right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you think about that connection, um, right, as a salesperson, we're we're trained and really skilled at making people feel comfortable with us, feel connected to us in a very short amount of time. Right. Yeah. Somebody walks into the dealership, you treat them well, you shake their hand, you look them in the eye, you make that connection, you find a way to connect with them so that that customer feels like you're on their side. Right. You're not just selling mm-hmm. them a car. Um, you, you want them to feel like they trust you. Right. Like you're yeah. their friend. You're you're going to bat for them. And there's a lot of ways that we do that. But, um, you know, it, it's it's an area where, you know, successful sales reps in a dealership do do that very well. They execute at a high mm-hmm. level. Um, and. Something that I think I'm hearing you say is, you know, what gets more difficult is when that customer leaves. Right. So handling the up and making that person feel comfortable. um, That's a different skill set than nurturing the up to try to stay in front of them. Um, And and historically, we've used, you know, CRMs for this. We've used uh, even direct mail companies for this. But um, the CRM is typically, you know, the trigger. Right. It's got the dates in it. It's got the workflows in it. Uh, it's got the schedules in it so that you can send things out in an automated way. Um, what, what you see over time, obviously, is the um, the use of email. And your, your phrase was a funny one because, yeah, I mean, it just it's so easy to either not read just just not even read something. Right. And just delete mm-hmm. it. Just get rid of it. Um, because but again, that's that's one of your only direct communication channels. I mean, you have email, you have phone, you have text uh, and you have direct mail. Those are essentially your one-to-one communication channels. Everything else is going to be broad. Um, so when when you look at keeping that connection going, um, you know, an email can certainly, depending on how it's worded or, or framed up or, or um, even laid out, can feel very sterile, right? It can feel very, um, you know, well, this is kind of what goes out on your birthday sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and what your, your company does is, you know, handwritten cards and those go out. So... Tell me a little bit about how the psychology of, of why that's different, right? Why is it that sending a physical piece of mail to someone on high quality card stock or whatever you guys use? I mean, I assume it's, it's a nice card. Um, so, you know, a physical piece of mail um, that at least, you know, creates the impression that it's handwritten. Um, what's the psychology of getting that versus getting an email that makes it more effective? Or, or why do you think it makes it more effective? I don't know. Well, think about it. I mean, you have any kids, Greg? Yeah, two. Yeah. 
So what's what's more emotional to you, having a, a print, you know, in digital format, or something, or having something in digital, or having something in print? You know, print is historically it's just it's more emotional. When you hit something in the mail, it lands differently. It hits differently than just having something um, that's put in an email or a text message or a social media post or something like that. Now, chapter five, I'll go a little deeper. See, chapter five of our book is called Chocolate Frosted Dog Crap. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, and so chat, what, what Yeah, exactly. And so I'll give you an example of what that is. It's it's sending out to try to get something in return when you're disguising it as appreciation and gratitude. So it's your birthday and I say, hey, Greg, happy birthday. Hope everything's going great with you and you're and, and at Reynolds Reynolds and your family. Hope everything's going great. And at the bottom, I put P.S. The greatest compliment in the world is a warm referral. Oh, by the way, I'm never too busy for your referrals. You're trying to get something. So from afar, it looks like a piece of chocolate cake with frosting on it until I bring it up to you and I set it in front of you. How long does it take you to realize that that is not chocolate cake? Instantly, right? It smells. It's crap. It goes in the garbage. It's what we call sending out propaganda. And so when most people, when they, they're taught, Never miss out on the opportunity to ask for the ask for the business. Never miss out on the opportunity to ask uh, for the referral. Well, in our world, in appreciation marketing, we're saying don't just ask for it, deserve it. Do the necessary things and show up in their life on different life life occasions and moments that is appreciating and recognizing them as a human being. Because most People that buy a car, let's face it, they feel loved on. They feel appreciated. This is so wonderful. They buy. They they drive off the lot. And then the next time they're hearing from them is bring your car into service. Or it's, um, you know, we want to buy back your car in a couple of years. You know, you still own this? Come on back in. Those are the types of things that makes you just realize that you're just a dollar sign and a decimal point. It's a transaction. As, and yeah. so just by simply sending a birthday card, Hey, bring this car in for a free car wash or just simply leaving a happy birthday, doing yeah. that cadence for a couple of years, loving on that customer for two, three years. Now, when it starts getting into the campaign, the four and five years, you can start merging some buyback language into that. And you're kind of almost like earn that right to be able to ask for them to come on in and let's let's have a conversation. And you mentioned um you know, yeah, and you can customize these cards and they have, you know, signatures and pictures on of the GM or the owner principal. So it makes it more personalized. Yeah. So it, that's that's that makes a lot of sense. So the content is important, right? What you're what you're sending, what the words are matters, obviously. Um, yes. So don't ask for the business every time that that makes complete sense. Um, but I go back to why is it more impactful in physical form than digital form. I just, I, I struggle to wrap my head around this because it, it is right. So when I get a card from someone, this time of year is a great example. It's, it's holiday season. Um, you know, we all get, uh, kind of Christmas cards in the mail from family and friends. Uh, we send some out, um, some have notes on them, some don't, but regardless, you, you get it in the mail and you know, it's, there's, there's still as, as a grown adult, right. There's a little bit of excitement, right. You want to see mm -hmm. the pictures that they sent, or you're just, you know, it, it feels good to be remembered, right? Yes, it um, does. But, but why does it feel, I don't know, it feels more important almost when it's in the mail versus when it's sent via email. Um, what is that? Like, do you, do you have any, any thoughts on um, the, the psychology behind why it feels that way? I just think because it's, it's, it's different. You know, it's just kind of just taking old school and we're just marrying it with new tech. 
you know, like back in the day when Joe Girard sold cars, you know, he had car. I mean, he sold what thirteen hundred cars in a year or something like that, and he was in Guinness Book of World Records, the most greatest car salesman ever. And so, what he what he did was he made people feel important. You know, um, Mary Kay Ash. Um, founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics, built a billion-dollar empire by teaching her reps that it sold makeup. Then she said, everybody has this invincible sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. And so by doing this, just by simply acknowledging them, one of my business partners, he sells private jets for a living, and he works for Jet Edge. And um, it's the, like the, they have the largest fleet in the in the country for G4s. And like, I mean, they have tons of business, concierge and stuff. And he's been sending greeting cards now for over 15 years. And he says, you know, Curtis, I used to handwrite everything. And then now he's like, because I don't like my handwriting font, I can actually choose one that looks like hand and I can still have my signature. I can include my branding and stuff. But the point is this, he said, you know, Curtis, I went to this benefit dinner in New York city and there was a gentleman there that, you know, has jets. Um, I met him and through his executive assistant, I got his birthday and I sent him birthday cards for seven years. And he goes, this past year, I got a phone call from him and he's a billionaire. And he goes, you know, Chris, he goes, uh, I've been getting birthday cards for you from year for years. Thank you so much. That was really nice of you. And he goes, um, I, I only get two in the mail, one from you and one from my aunt. And my aunt just passed <laughs> this past year. And he said, my aunt passed this past year. You're the only wow. one that, that came in the mail this year. And he goes, I just want to call and say thank you. And little as you know, a couple of months later, gets an email saying, hey, I'm looking to trade in one of my jets. He goes, I would like you in on the bid. Just get on the bid. You know, he didn't do it. Obviously, he was doing it to stay in touch. He was top of mind. He knew who he was. And when the time came, yeah, he ended up getting two jets from him. did in one, got two jets. And he goes, you know, when you build a habit of doing this in different areas of your life, it's like the old saying, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And he sure. goes, so I just sent a car to the bus driver of my son. He goes, I got in the habit of doing this every single day. And he goes, I'm just by thanking him for taking him to school and being safe, you know, each and every day. The bus driver gets off the um, bus and he's like, in 15 years, I've never been thanked. And he had a tear in his eye, gave him a big hug. And he was like, you know, that meant even more to me yeah. than landing this huge jet deal from this multi-billionaire. And he goes, Fo, it's just – um." When you do it, you start realizing that you never want to stop. And it's it's a really good feeling. It makes you feel really good. You're investing in them. So most of the time when you when you sell a car, they're not really investing back into that customer. They're just looking for that the cost per acquisition. What's this, that? Well, long term, you're gonna decrease the cost per acquisition because you will or you will increase your repeat and you will increase your referral business um, just by showing that you care. Yeah. So I want to dig into a little bit. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Curtis, appreciate it. But I, I want to dig into a little bit, too, because I, th I think in my experience, at least a part of this and a part of that um, <clears throat> feeling of of somebody caring about you uh, comes from that true handwritten note. Right. Like mm -hmm. you can tell yeah. uh, for yeah. the most part, you can tell when somebody's taken a, a pen and sat down and written something, even if it's a couple sentences, right? Based on kind of the, the handwriting and the signature and even the stroke marks of the pen. Um, and, and that, even if it's just a note at the bottom of a card, right? So you send them a happy birthday card and it just says, hey, thinking of you, happy birthday, right? It could be that simple. Um, yes. But the act, the, the, the idea that someone actually spent the time to 
put a pen in their hand and write the note um, makes it feel that much more important, I think. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, you can do that via email, too. I'm not I'm not in any way downplaying email. I do think that you can accomplish that with a thoughtful note in email, especially, um, you know, for some of those instances That's where you know, it might not make sense for for a, a letter or whatever. But um, I, I do think that email can be effective. But there's something about seeing somebody and knowing that somebody took the time to write something to you. Um, so scaling that obviously has its limits. We can all yes. only write so many notes and even sign so many things. It all takes time, um, which I, I think, and I, I don't want to uh, make too many assumptions, so I'll let you kind of explain it, but I think that, that scaling is where kind of you've developed a, a company around is being able to scale that. So uh, I, I am curious, though, you know, does that uh, automation in any way take away from the reaction of the receiver of, of a card that, that may appear handwritten, but it's not, do they know that, um, you know, how does, how does all that play in? Well, uh, first, first thing I want to say is that for, for people that are handwriting their notes and do yeah. view doing it consistently, I say, never don't stop your top 1% <laughs> in this industry, top one half of 1% because very, <laughs> very few actually do it. And the ones that, I, that actually do do it when they come across our services and they see the full spectrum of what we do and how um how like specific we can be and how personalized and customized it can be they absolutely go with us and like there'll be a lot of different opportunities to be able to um still do what they're currently doing right now for sure um you know it's at scale is definitely one of the things that we do best for sure because we build out an entire campaign. We've had our programmers are just uh, unbelievable. And like we actually have the ability for people if they like their own handwriting because what I found is that probably about a third of the people we work with, they don't like their handwriting font at all. It's part of the main reasons why they sure. actually don't even send cards is because they don't like their handwriting. So they can pick one that they want of different font. We have actually – fonts in there the one thing that people could do is fill out this whole form and they actually fill it out five times so we use like ai so if you write the word happen to write the word tooth let's say oh oh and when you write a letter it's slight variations right so it's sure. um a little off so now we take every other character and you put it in there it is unbelievable like i'm right now is the holidays and we're pumping out cards oh because one of the things that makes us unique is we're not a white label opera like we're not built on another platform we wrote this from scratch we have our own buildings we also have all of our own equipment in-house so we're flexible and we're nimble um, based on different opportunities but we can people can use their own handwriting you'll have their own signatures on there you can include a headshot to make it a little bit more personal on the inside of the card which looks really nice as well people put tracking numbers in there so they know it's coming from the card you can insert a qr code so they can scan it go right to the service department or go um, and book their um their service um scan it to leave a five-star review you know um scan it to to take a picture of their gourmet fudge brownies that they're eating and, and post it <laughs> on social media. So there's a lot of different opportunities. And what makes our program really powerful right off the bat is that because we integrate with Reynolds, um, it's in real time. So the very next day, a card with a box of brownies goes out and we have dynamic merge field. So it can say, congratulations on your 2024 Ford, F, you know, Ford F-150, you know? So yeah. like, it would say that right in the inside of the cart. All of us here wish you, you know, want to thank you so much for your business. It really means the world to us. Have a couple of uh, gourmet fudge brownies on us. Yeah. That going in, it gets ahead of the survey. 
And what I've what I've talked to about, um, you know, interviewed some of the GMs that are using our services is it's like it gives us an opportunity to get in front of any of these heat cases. You know, that is really powerful to us, you know, and the the thanks that we that I get from text messages and emails when you feed somebody, you know, immediately it's it's a it's a really good thing. And then coming after that, they don't expect to have a birthday card. And when they do, they're grateful for it, you know, and it's um, the people that are ungrateful. I mean, I haven't really come across that so much. People say, oh, and then just toss it away. You know, it, 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 the, it's the thought that counts. It's meaningful. Now, if True. somebody took a card, yes, and handwritten wrote it, you know, then, um, you know, that would be that that is very powerful. And I would say absolutely don't stop doing it. And that's what we teach the salespeople to do also. Now, this is at scale from the owner principal GM level, people that really have like an ownership stake and want to invest in future proofing their business, right? However, when I do presentations and I train salespeople, like I'll give you an example. Um, I use Google alerts. So when I meet an influential yeah. person, I put Google alerts in and I had a Google alert this past summer from a GM that bought a restaurant. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, that's cool. And it was one of his favorite restaurants. They support it. The, the dealership supports it big time in the area. And so I sent him a card saying, congratulations. And when I met him last week, he's like, Curtis, it was your cadence. It was you dripping on me. It was that those cards that came in that mean that meant a lot. And I want to roll with you and I want to do this. I really, really like what you're doing. Now, he's an owner operator. Yeah. Um, and it was really cool hearing from that. And I told him, I was like, you know, thank you so much. Like, you know, I put my heart and soul into this business and it means a lot. He's like, that's really cool. And so hearing it from somebody like that who's running a 500 car a month you know, operation, it's a it was pretty cool to see and, and hear. Yeah, that's great. That, that is really cool. One well, being able to demonstrate it um, in that way, right, where you're reaching out and then they see yeah. that and they say, I want that for my customers because it made them feel a certain way. So that, that's very cool. Um, mm -hmm. So maybe it, it helps for me at least to think about sort of this follow-up and, and uh, I guess, written follow-up in three types, right? And maybe stages or, or layers. Um, you have your standard written follow-up that's a typed out letter or, you know, a postcard or something um, that's that's a reminder and, or, or not even a reminder, just, just a, an acknowledgement of appreciation or happy birthday or whatever the example is. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't look like handwriting, but it's it's something that you're sending. So you still have that thought that counts, right? Yes. And then you have your um, your your follow up that you send out that looks handwritten but isn't handwritten, right? Um, and then you have your actual handwritten. So maybe those are like three three tiers. And where I'm I'm curious if you've seen or have a perspective on is um, so that one in the middle is you know it makes scale so much easier. It's it gets done on time. There's never an issue with I didn't have time today, right? It, it it's consistent, which is the real benefit. It seems like. Um, but I wonder if there's uh, potentially any even negative impact to having something. It, could it feel disingenuous, I guess? Like you're trying to, as, as a receiver, right? You're trying to trick me into thinking that you actually wrote this when I know that you didn't write this. If it doesn't look handwritten, um, would, would it be you know, more impactful just as a, a typed out type of piece or, or not having the, the handwriting. Um, and maybe I'm way off base. I, you know, it could be completely, uh, completely out there. Um, but I'm curious if you have seen anything or uh, experienced anything with, um, you know, how people react to these different types of, of pieces that they would get in the mail. 
Well, you know, I, I think that for being in this industry now since 2007, so I'm always like uh-huh. 16, six, I'm going on 17 years, you know, and, you know, I, I there's there's times that I will send myself a card be, and I will handwrite it and I will put it in the envelope and I will I will send it out like, um, you know, there's times that I'll, you know, walk over to the print shop, have it printed and leave it blank and handwrite it. Heck, when I'm when I'm writing letters to GMs, you know, there's I have the examples of the follow up campaign, then I have a letter that I that I write a little bit of something in there and I laminate that with the pricing sheet on the back and we give away samples and brownies for free um, to people that request it on our website. And so we send it out to them so they can see what it's all about. The biggest thing, the number one reason why people get started with us is really out of guilt <laughs> because they know that they should be doing this stuff and they're not. And if they start, they stop. They start. They stop. And everybody at a dealership has a ton of different responsibilities. They're all spinning a bunch of plates. And most people like I just I want to make sure that they do feel appreciated. And if somebody gets a birthday card in the mail, like and it's from them with their signature on it, no matter what font it is, how many other birthday cards do you think they got in the mail? Yeah, probably. And there's very few people that look at that and say, oh, I'm just going to throw in the garbage. They don't really like People are going they're, – they're doing that. They're spending money. That came in the mail. They're yeah. spending money. It has a real first-class stamp on it. This is not a bulk metered type of a deal or a postcard, which feels less personal. In an envelope, they have to peel it open. It's like a little present. And so especially when you come above and beyond and like for that gentleman I talked to you about just uh, recently, I even put as an example card, I was like – what about on the top half of the card, say, bring this card in for a free appetizer or a drink of choice for your birthday? You know, what dealership doesn't support local um, businesses around the area? So if they have an employee's husband owns a food cart or, you know, or a food truck or something like this, you can incorporate something like that and, you know, have them redeemed. We have we teach. There's a lot of different things that you can do. It is what I'm saying. And it's customizable. So if somebody wants to say, hey, I want to test this or I want to test that. No problem. We can whip up the card or design. He can build it up, put it in there like at a customer appreciation day. I didn't know how it was going to go. We had a Ford Lincoln store and also a Hyundai Genesis store. They said, yeah, well, let's do that. So we built it into the cadence. So it goes out because in early April um, and they said, we don't know how it's going to go, but we'll have some hot dog stand and a couple of other things here. And um, they had a whole bunch of people that showed up in the middle of a day. He's like, this is awesome. You know, and they felt really good about it. And so they're going to do it again next year. So, um, you know, just showing you that it actually does work. And people are bringing the cards in for the car wash. People are. Um, what was the other one that they did? Um, there was a couple of different things that they're just giving to give, like without just trying to ask for something in return. But, you know, like I said, like there, I guess there's a lot of different ways that people think about it i feel like if somebody's gonna if it gets done and i have something it does land with a little bit of warm and fuzzy but also the message matters you're right you know if you're always trying to get something how does it make you feel greg when you get a holiday card and you open it up and coupons fall or business cards fall out of it (laughs) you know it's like are they really trying to wish you a happy holidays or trying to get something from you right so that's the whole kind of premise of appreciation marketing is sending out without expectation of getting something in return but you know when you do that consistently over and over again, the goodwill that it builds far exceeds any of the one or two people here or there that say, eh, I'm not grateful for this birthday card. Yeah, 
No, that's a good perspective. That's really good. That's really good. So, Curtis, as um, as somebody that uh, uh, writes thank yous basically as a living, right? Um, I, I'm very, very curious. And, and this may not even have an answer, but do you have a favorite pen that you use? Like, are you are you kind of a pen you know, snob? Do you have? I am not a pen snob. Look, at, I have a, a Bic, <laughs> a, a blue Bic right here. I mean, I'm pretty, I mean, now I definitely have some fancy ones that are laying around. I got the Mont Blancs and the different things that were given to me as gifts. And no, sure. I'm not the one that would go out there and, and buy the fancy pen, but I'm more of a simple person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's fair. I was, I was just curious, you know, if, if there's anything that, uh, that you liked writing with or anything. Um, but before we before we hop off, I'm hoping um, to learn a little bit too, and we don't have to go too in the weeds. But um, having you on, um, I want to at least ask uh, what the process was like for you. And this is going to go back a little ways, but what the process was like for you to write a book, right? So obviously, mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons to do it. Sharing uh, marketing is another reason, right? You still have it. You still held up a copy today, right? And it and it gets yeah. your idea of appreciation marketing across, and it's a longer form piece, and um, you can leverage it in a lot of different ways. Um, but writing a book, publishing a book, coming up with the content, laying it out in a way that's, that's organized working. I don't know if you work with a publisher or you self-published, but, um, you know, maybe just at a high level, what, what was that process like for you? Um, and, and, um, you know, also what was the driver? Was it, was it, and I'm not trying to sound harsh, but like, was it a marketing piece, right? Or which mm-hmm. is perfectly, that's a great reason to do a book. Um, yeah. or was there other, were there other drivers behind it? So just, just curious if you could unpack that for me a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So my business partner and I, um, his name is Tommy Wyatt and we, he was actually a former like best of Connecticut sports editor of a newspaper, um, in Newtown, Connecticut. And so he and him and he, I were building. Did he write this. a story? Did he write a story about you getting hit by baseballs? <laughs> you know, I don't even know. No, it's fun. It's funny though because he definitely he definitely knows that he met me. Well, we met when I was in college, and he was a mentor of mine, and we ended up being in business together. And then we found ourselves on stages all around the United States and Canada and and stuff. And um, so when we were speaking and training, we were talking a lot about um, kind of the law of attraction as it pertains to business. You know, sending okay. out um, and then we ended up coining it as and, and trademark the term appreciation marketing. So back in 2008, when we bought the domain name and we started going down this kind of path, there was nothing even, believe it or not, on the Internet that was appreciation marketing in together. It was like marketing with appreciation or, you know, this appreciate like it was nothing even out there. So. It was one of those things where we almost had to kind of carve it out ourselves. And when we went out there and was speaking and training and stuff, and we had so many stories and there was also stories of what not to do. And so we build a lot of stories in there of also what not to do. It makes you laugh. And um, it's actually it's on Audible and people can go to appreciationmarketing.com forward slash audiobook for free download is uh, as well. It's a, there's a free download. But, um, yeah, that's great. you know, and so, yeah, the process was like, we didn't even do it to like, we definitely didn't do it to make money. Um, we felt right. like almost had an obligation and I kind of love the idea of using it as an extended business card and helping us get into places that might otherwise be hard to either get on stages or something. So I started writing the book and I started, we put together a bunch of different, um, bullet points. I was like, oh, this would be a great topic. This is great. And then we reworked it. And then all of a sudden he's like, he, he's like, is this what you were trying to do? He's much skilled, more skilled writer than I am. And so I started writing and had a bunch of ideas and then he started writing together and they rewrote some of the stuff that I wrote. And I was like, okay, let's knock this thing out. And then we did, we let it sit for a while and then picked it back up, made a few edits. And then 
Um, it's been awesome because, I mean, when I'm on stages at real estate conferences or keynoting or or something that's like when people sign up with our service, I let them walk away with a with a copy of the book and a gourmet fudge yeah. brownie. And it's like, you know, it's it's nice little takeaway. And um, it helps us because when you have the psychology and the philosophy that people read it and say, you know what? Yes, I should be doing this. It just makes sense. Then we have a system to help execute and, you know, the the principles and the philosophies that we that we teach to make sure that it actually it actually gets done. And then with Reynolds, which which is awesome and your your team has been wonderful to work with, is it makes it hands free. And so when a finance manager marks a deal sold the very next day, a box of brownies and, and a card goes in the mail and it's very affordable and um, to be able to do so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love that you wrote the book. I really do. I think it's it's a very effective way. And, and to your point, it has a lot of different use cases. Um, and and I, I like it. I really do. I like it as a as a, uh, a marketing piece, but also a takeaway, a guidebook documentation on you know how to do these things. Um, really codifying what you're talking about. Right. And um, there's so many benefits. There's actually a dealer. I was, I was looking over here. I, th I thought I had a copy over here, but he's a dealer in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, his name's Steve Taylor. And I haven't gotten a chance to talk to him, but I've read his book. He wrote a book called TaylorMade. And it, it's basically a guide to help consumers know how to buy a car. Wow. And it was it was a really fascinating read because then, you know, obviously he promoted it, but he used that book as a, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a marketing piece, right? And, mm -hmm. and um, I don't want to put words into his mouth. Again, I haven't talked to him, but from my perspective, it's a very effective marketing piece, I should say, um, because he, uh, you know, he went out to consumers and said, look, this is what you need to know about buying a car. We're a transparent organization. We're going to get you the best vehicle that we can. Um, we're going to help you line up financing. Like these are the pieces to the puzzle. And I mean, the, the group has been very successful in, in Toledo. So um, it's just another example of a way to leverage a book or any long form piece of content really um, to, to help people, to bring people to you, to be a magnet. Right. And uh, I, I love that you've done it. I think it was, it's a very cool idea. I'll have to get, uh, get a copy. I apologize. I have not read the book yet. I get the gist. I kind of read the, uh, you yeah. know, the basics, but, um, you know, I appreciate that you, that you did it, that you took the time to do it. It's a lot of work, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work. I'm assuming a year yeah. probably worth of work or how long did it yeah, take? Yeah, it was, we we're collecting our notes for 18 months and then we knocked it out in a couple of weeks, but like it, it's, it makes it a lot easier when you have all the bullet points and, you know, you kind of frame it all out that that was a big part of us being able to knock it out quicker because it's a lot of stories too you know stories are yeah. are very powerful so we put a lot of stories in there and obviously i'll send it to you for free and anybody who goes to dealercards.com i send out free samples brownies and i send the book for free to any owner principals gms or something that want to request any information i put and put it in this beautiful big dealer cards box and we ship it on out and usually sending that helps us get that call you know so they're yeah. very very busy so we'd like to try to you know take that step forward and let them see it and put their hands on it and see what it looks like that's great well curtis um it's been uh, we kind of went all over the place so sorry we yeah. didn't have a, a linear conversation but it was it was fun to chat and get to know you a little bit and learn uh you know about what you do um anything we haven't talked about that we should anything you want to touch on before we hop out of here no, man, I, I I really enjoyed this. You know, some of the best podcasts that I do are the ones that are, you know, just don't necessarily say have a whole framework. I like bouncing around and you caught me off guard. I thought it was hilarious that you did some research on Sacred Heart and five <laughs> pitches. That is that that's fine. I've never had anybody, you know, bring that up. Well, now everybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So well, fun. Curtis Lucy, uh, founder of Dealer Cards. Thanks again for uh, for joining me and have a great day today. 
Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. It was fun to sit down with Curtis Lucy, uh, founder of Dealer Cards, best-selling author, and all-time leader in hits by pitch at Sacred Heart University. Um, just if, if you take anything away from that episode, which is what I'm taking away, is remember to say thank you. Uh, you know, everybody around you needs to hear it, and uh, and it, it has a big impact on on them and also you. Uh, so thanks so much for uh, for watching today, and don't forget before we hop off, you can watch or listen to all episodes of Connected on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify podcasts, and make sure to hit subscribe so you're notified every other week when new episodes are released. Thanks so much, and we'll see you in two weeks.